Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Mile of Golf podcast. As always, we do appreciate you joining in from wherever you are around the world on what has been a, a very sad week in uh, for Australian golf, and we'll talk about uh, the passing of Jack Newton very shortly, but it's also been a big week on the golf tours. Uh, a lot to talk about. I've got the guys there. Rocket's back from uh, his road trip. Let's uh, bring the boys in. Gentlemen, good evening. How are you? Excellent. How are you? I'm great, thanks. Rocket, how are you? I'm. <laughs> I was playing for the music. Gonna, I was, was going to wait till you at least started. Then I was going <laughs> 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 to. Hey, there he is. Hey, he's, he's getting cocky now. He's asking. He's waiting for his music. He's waiting for the music cues. It was always been a surprise. I guess 180 episodes in, Rocket. I guess the uh, the format's pretty reliable by now. You do expect it. So, uh, but. Um, <laughs> Are you well? I'm very good, thank you. Very good. Good, good Easter break. Got on the road. Rocket on the road. No, it was. It was really good. There was no. There was no flyovers or anything like that. No, we we're a little bit further north this time. Uh, Magic, did you get away? I did not. I played a little bit of golf on Saturday, and then I ate a lot on Sunday. That's it. That was my week. Okay. Footy on, footy on Friday for the Bulldogs. Footy on Friday for the Bulldogs. Uh, did did you get a win? No, I didn't. Yeah, we did. Guys, we sorry, did. sorry. Good just, Friday. Uh, too engrossed in the Blues, just on their winning four. What are they? Four and one. Beautiful. Oh, we're uh, looking for September. I've got a new. Uh, I've got a new September team. It's, the, it's, it's Carlton. <laughs> I don't. Have to, I don't have to swap out for another team. Uh, Carlton yeah. are my September team now. Uh, so, yeah, for me, my start, I was busy. Jeez, uh, it was busy in the uh, golf retail world. Uh, we had Good Friday off. We closed for Good Friday, and we come together in Melbourne as a, as a drum and golf collective, uh, the franchisees and the drum and golf head office people and some suppliers, and we all get together. Uh, this year it was down at Mornington. It's been the last few years at Mornington Golf Course, um, who opened the place up for us and let us run a charity day. Uh, it's a Two man, uh, no, not two men. It's a four man Ambrose uh, event, and the teams, all the stores, put teams in, and we all chip in some money and raise some uh, funds for, in our case, uh, Lifeline. Uh, it's a very successful day. It was great to see everyone down there. I didn't play. I got the pleasure of um, driving around in the cart with uh, none other, none other than, you know who? Have a guess. I know the answer. The Bogle. The Bogle. The, and a lot of people, uh, when they when they knew that I was hanging out with the Bogle, they said, "Does he still have a hit?" And, and the Bogle, the answer to that is, uh, the Bogle doesn't have much of a hit. He doesn't play a lot of golf anymore. But he's um, back. yeah, yeah, he, uh, Brett had a substantial back uh, operation a couple of years ago. He showed me what what they put inside there, and you know, gave me the ins and outs. He, he's a very detailed guy. Um, gave me the ins and outs of what they did, and it was quite extensive. But you know, he can. Basically, what that allowed him to do is play golf. Um, he can play golf, but he, he hits some shots for all of the teams. And uh, one thing that anyone, uh, if they're wondering, can Brett Hogel still hit a golf ball? And Jeepers Weepers, he still can. He absolutely flushes it. Cole, just bang. And uh, he he was he, one of the best was, ball strikers. Of the, in he's a, always yeah. been one of the best ball strikers. I, I, I remember there was a corporate day at Victoria Golf Club 
and he was just up on the range just hitting shots and people were just, he's just asking people what shots to hit. And he just said, oh, I can hit my three wood left-handed. Yeah. And I've, there's only one other person I've seen do this and and that was um, Richard Green where he was a lefty and he did it the other way around. And, uh, yeah, he turns his three wood over and hits it left-handed and just hits this just towering draw with it with a right a le- hits a left-handed th- right-handed three wood. Yeah, well, that's the bogle. Uh, he wasn't doing any of that, but he's a long-term drummer golf ambassador. You've seen um, Brett Ogle on the on the ads for drummer golf, and he still comes to all of the events. He'll host the awards nights, all that sort of thing. Uh, he's a he's a fun and a funny guy, and he gives up his time and he comes down. So it was interesting. Uh, driving around in a cart with him for three or four hours and I was taking some photos of all the groups and doing the stuff that I do for drummer golf now, which is a lot of fun. Um, but I guess, you know, and I, I, I didn't want to rush through it in the intro, but uh, I wanted to spend a little bit more time talking about it because I was sitting alongside Brett um, when the news of the passing of, you know, his friend and, and my friend, Jack Newton, um, passed away. And uh, it was quite sad. And, and to be alongside Brett when he got that news... And just to watch his reaction and see him, you know, get upset by, uh, you know, the passing of a, of a great Australian golfer and a great Australian man for the game of golf. Um, you know, I was privileged to be part of the very early days of what Jack Newton put together for Australian junior golfers. Um, you know, he was he was a mentor to to Brett, and you know, Brett was someone that he that he looked up to. Um, you know, through. Jack's professional career, you know, we know his results in runner-up in the 1980 Masters, you know, behind Seve, you know, the the duel that he had with Tom Watson at Carnoustie and, you know, really did put Australian golf on the map. He was he was the big blonde bombshell before, you know, before Greg and, and Greg looked up to Jack and, you know, around that time, the 70s and 80s when Australian golf was, you know, really going through another resurgence, um, Jack was the man and, uh, yeah, it was just, you know, somewhat fitting in a weird sort of way that I was sitting next to Brett to, to talk to him about that. And um, it was quite sad for us because um, he was a big figure in, in my life as a, as a, in my junior years. You know, I'm older than you guys and, you know, you, you I don't know, how did you experience uh, the, the time of Jack Newton and, and what was your sort of memories of Jack? Uh, for me... The first I sort of heard about Jack, when you talk about, you know, the, the time before Greg, there was that transition. So when I was first getting into golf, the the Sharks book, Shark Attack, and he talks about the 79 Australian Open where, where it was a duel between Greg and Jack Newton, which Jack Newton prevailed in. So that was the first I'd kind of heard and read about Jack Newton and who this person was because then I started, and then for me, it was like, I'm only a kid. And then I'm, I'm watching, I think it was like the 80, it's 87 Australian Masters. So this is when Sharks going peak at Kubra. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'm seeing Jack Newton and then I'm like, dude has one arm. It's like, hang on, seven years ago, he's dueling and this is, this doesn't like what is this? And back then, there's no internet, right? So yeah. you got to find out what had happened, and then you find out what had happened to Jack, and then it's like, oh, okay, that's quite tragic because then you you find out the results of you know seventy five um, Open Championship against Tom Watson, eighty Masters against Seve. There was another Masters one he was close 
in as well. I think he's close in a couple, actually. Um, so you see that, you know, on the big stage, he was a performer and could have been anything, right? Um, and then for me, he became the voice of the voice of Australian golf for probably the next like nearly 10 years for me. Like for me, the first real Australian event that I probably watched in with intensity was that 87 Australian masters, which was always played in February. I think it was at Huntingdale. And you, you, you've got, I, I still remember it's the voice you have, um, Jack Newton, you got Sandy Roberts, Renton Laidlaw, and who I'm trying to think who they would have out in the ground. Can't remember who they had out in the ground, but just those three voices that that they're just etched in my memory from watching um, that event and then watching, you know, it's just because Channel Seven were the broadcaster for the Masters and the PGA and the Australian Open and and most other events as well that were being played. So that that his voice is in my head because that's what I grew up with. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Mike? You know, oh. do, you, do you have those memories of Jack as a commentator? Yeah, definitely. So for me, I mean, I, I, we talked about it before. So I really, I mean, I'm 45. I started playing golf and really being interested in golf in the late 90s. So it was, for me, it was knowing him through in two ways. One was mainly through the commentary, uh, as Rocket said. You know, he was the he was the voice of golf. He was the one who, you know, if you, like you said, him and Sandy were the ones that I just knew as the if golf was on TV, they were going to be telling me what was going on. Um, and the other one was from the Celebrity Classic. That's always one that for me was 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 something that was out of the box. He's probably ahead of his time doing something different. And and these um, Jack Newton Celebrity Classic was like massive like it was so interesting and it had a lot of airtime for for many years there it was on tv and then uh, they did the packaged up highlights probably in the last few years that it's been on um but yeah that were probably the two main ways that that i sort of interacted with him well just in december gone uh i can't remember it might have been the 25th year 25th anniversary of that celebrity classic i don't know if it exactly was but it, i think it was a, like a signature year and they obviously missed the last couple of years but it was a, a really important one because you know jack had been unwell with um uh dementia and um you know so we weren't sure how long we were going to have him but uh yeah it was a big one to get back out up there you know it it occurs and a lot of people you know don't know the backstory to jack um he was born in cessnock as um you know and i'm a cessnock boy so you know when jack started as many professional golfers do started to give back to junior golf and he was one of the early ones to give back to junior golf and this is before his accident you know he, we would have an 18 hole jack newton sub junior classic at cessnock and and jack would come out there and you know you talked about bogle's trick shots you know jack newton was the first one that i saw do trick shots on the range he'd do a little clinic with all us kids from cessnock and curry and brankston and maitland and and the ones that had come around and, and jack was the first one to put a ball on top of each other you know hit it with a a wedge or whatever club and pop it up into the air and catch it in his pocket and do all that sort of stuff so you know jack was a a, a cessnock man that then launched into the world married to jackie and uh you know she was a, a great support of jack and uh, a, a great person in, in her own right you know the kids christy and clint you know clint was you know, a very successful rugby league player he's now the ceo of the rugby league players association and have been so integral in jack's life as a golfer and as someone who gave back to junior golf you know 
that Jack Newton Junior Classic that was an 18-hole event for the kids in the Hunter Valley, you know, became a, a 36-hole event and it got bigger and kids from Sydney would come. And then it became a 54-hole event and then all of the kids from Australia, all the national teams, the state teams would come and we all get billeted out in the local communities. And then it became a 72-hole event and became an international event. And, you know, we had teams from New Zealand, Malaysia, Indonesia, the Philippines sending um, teams down. And it really was a national event centred in the town that Jack was born in. No, Jack obviously moved out of, you know, he moved to Sydney and Newcastle actually. He was, had a big place in Newcastle there. and But he never gave up his connection to Cessnock and it was really, really important um, for him. And just the experience that I had in that Jack Newton Junior Golf Foundation, which was obviously very New South Wales-centric, but this sub-junior classic was a national, international tournament. And I got to grow up and see names like David Diaz. Now, you go to Albert Park and you'll see David Diaz giving lessons and in the pro shop there, but David Diaz was a big golfer in his own right when he was in his heyday. You know, won the... I think no, no one could snap a club like David Diaz. Well, you know, but he could play. He could golf his ball. Yep. Now, he was the first... He could. He was the first, you know, poster boy of my sort of golfing career because this young Victorian, I thought, you know, what's these Victorians doing here? And, you know, it dawned on me that this is a big thing. And, you know, he's got black pants on a black jumper, Black Footjoy classics, and he just looked a million bucks, and and I'm still rocking. Pretty my, sure he had the brill cream in the hair too. All of that, and I'm rocking my pink penguin polos and my blue, you know, <laughs> corset chinos or whatever. You know, like I had there was nothing on these guys, and all of a sudden, you know, all us kids up there had something to look up to and 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 be driven towards. Um, David uh, John Wade, you know, once again, you know, you'll see John Wade at Commonwealth now as a golf pro, but John Wade not too long ago, you know, played in the British Open. He won the thing. Um, so many other names, you know, Shane Tate, who was, you know, you go back to... to 1988 Australian Amateur Champion. Exactly right. But, you know, there's one classic... Queenslander. One classic bit of footage there of Tatey and um, maybe Stuart Ginn and the, Sh- and the Shark and, and someone else playing an amateur event at Virginia where, you know, where Greg was from. So Greg and, and Tatey were from the same club. Um, and even today, I was reminded of... Well, well Stuart Gin and, and the Shark um, were roomies for um, on the Australian tour and Asian tour, and, and Stuart um, Gin showed the Shark the ropes. There you go. But even today, I was reminded of the significance and the influence of Jack Newton on junior golf and on the foundation of the success of Australian golf. Um, when Gabriel Hertzstedt posted his... Um, Instagram story saying, I'm cancelling lessons for the week. I've got some golf to play. Well, he and Mark Hensby had both qualified one and two for the PGA um, Champions Tour. So they've gone through qualifying to get back onto that. Now, these guys are my age. They're 50, 51, whatever. 1985, you know, that was the leaderboard at the Jack Newton Jr. Sub-Junior Classic. Mark Hensby and Gabriel Hurtstead going head-to-head for supremacy as juniors. And here they are you know, products of that environment going and playing, you know, their careers on, on the Champions Tour. And, you know, it was just a really poignant thing when I woke up this morning and, and saw that. And I said to Gabe, I said, mate, just like we were 16. And he said, yeah, you're right, mate. And, um, you know, so Jack was, you know, Bads, Jeff Ogilvy, Wade Ormsby, um, Jordan Ormsby, who was, you know, as good a golfer as a junior as, as, as Wade, you know, stayed in my, in my house. All these things happened because of Jack Newton. Jack, was friends with dad, you know, through the wine industry. Uh, 
you know, Jack liked to drink. That wasn't a secret. You know, Jack liked to uh, uh, appreciated a red wine, and my dad was the purveyor of the red wine oh, to hated hated a red. Well, my dad was the purveyor of, of red wine to um you know most of the New South Wales golf fraternity. You know, Dunkey and and Jack and a lot of the guys at PGF, the Mercers and whatever else. And and that was a a really interesting way for me to grow up in and around because I, I got this experience. My dad sort of dealing with these people, and and Jack would come up to the tournament and he'd sit there and he'd entertain anyone. He'd have a drink with anyone and he would be the first in, first there and last to leave. And um, he wanted to make sure that everyone, kids, parents of kids, had a great experience. And, um, you know, we got to spend quite a lot of time with him. You know, I was a junior captain. Dale Marshall, Dale Innitson, now Dale Marshall, Ashley's um, wife, was the junior girls captain. You know, very, very successful Australian women golfer in her own right. You'll find uh, Dale working at... Um, metropolitan now you know she was a very close to jack and jackie we still all keep contact with jackie but um yeah jack uh, was just uh he was a great figure and you know he 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 really set a lot of um young junior kids on a pathway for success in golf through that um providing that forum and um we'll miss him um and uh, but you know his legacy lives on you know clint and kirsty and um uh, Christy, sorry, uh, and, and Jackie will make sure of that. But anyway, Jack Newton, you're a bloody legend and uh, we'll miss you, but we thank you for everything you did for us kids uh, in the Hunter Valley, in New South Wales, but also Australia um, and, and your contribution to uh, to golf in Australia. So, Jack, rest in peace, mate. There you go. Well said. Thanks, well said, yeah. for, uh, thanks for letting me say that, uh, gents, because, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty important. So, on with the rest of the show. What's been happening in golf? Oh, not a lot. <laughs> Quite weak. Quite weak. Um, nah, it's been a it's been a funny week. It's been a week where it hasn't had the Euro Tour yet, so that's just starting off this week. We've had the PGA Tour, which we've all had our tips in for, but other than that, it's been little dotted storylines. I felt for this week on and off, just all little tidbits, um, little nuggets of gold, through. little nuggets, exactly. Yeah, post Masters <laughs> nuggets of gold. Yeah, well, that's it. You get such a big week with the Masters and. Everyone's enthralled in golf, and just like us, I think a few of the players were pretty similar. They got to uh, they got to Harbour Town, and a few of them were a little bit tired and a little bit happy to have the weekend off. But um, you know, Cam Smith and Dustin Johnson and a couple other boys that were probably went in pretty heavy favourites didn't didn't get to the weekend. So um, Dustin was, was Dustin was all right. He he, he got over uh, missing the cut. All right, we just went out and went caught some big fish. Yeah, that's what. Well, you got to give. You got to give. So, if you think about post majors, usually the events that are post a major usually field pretty weak events. But the turnout for Heritage yeah. mm. for a very long time has always been really, really good, and it's it's, yeah. it's always in it's it's in a funny spot, but it still gets a pretty damn good turnout um, from players, so top ranked players. And this is probably the the best turnout they've had for probably a decade. Um, but yeah, it was. It's pretty good, and I was it's shocked. one of my favourite tournaments to watch. Yeah, I was shocked. You're right. Like when I saw the names that were there, Cantlay, Cam Smith, I was like, "These guys aren't playing. There's no way they're going to withdraw. They'll be buggered after the weekend." Um, they were all there. You know, Cam only just missed the cut for a little while. There, it looked like he was going to be he, instead of um, starting and finishing with double bogeys. I think two of his first three holes on Thursday he had double bogeys. So I thought oh, he, he really should have stayed home here. But he fought it out and only just missed, I think only just missed, but cut by one or two shots. So 
Um, yeah, but the the playoff uh, the playoff was how it was settled. Jordan Spieth and Paddy Ice, Paddy Cantlay, um, the Glacier. There's a lot of people in the mix. I don't think I can remember a tournament whereby the weekend came, and then I think there was 70 players within six shots of the lead, or something ridiculous like that. The stat that got posted. I can't remember a tournament so tight where guys were on the border of making the cut and were you know half a dozen shots off the leader. It's, uh, it's unbelievable. But um, oh, and the change in the top ten, right? The cha- the change over the weekend of mm-hmm. people making it to the top ten, and if if you were in the top ten when you started, say the third round, and you played okay golf, all of a sudden you're twentieth. Yeah, in a heartbeat. Exactly. Yep. No, you just wasn't going to be good enough. The final scorecard says it all on how many people were in the mix. I mean, you had two guys that were in the playoff. And then the guys that were one shot behind them filled the spaces up to ninth. So unless you were one shot behind the leader, you're outside the top ten. So that that sums up how close it was. Um, my pick was Lowry, and I thought he had one, and I thought I was going to have a very very good Monday, but he uh, chipped it in chipped the water. into the water. But to be fair, he was he was hanging on for dear life on that back nine. He was hitting some terrible shots. T. I think the top. I think the top on the <laughs> yeah. set was yeah. it the second hole. That wasn't. A, that wasn't very good. The top, but even off the tee when he was hitting it, a few of them were like he was wailing on it. Now peeling off right, and the next one to peel off left. I'm like he's he's not controlling this, and he's not controlling his his emotions at all. Um, but, he, yeah. but again, he's chipper. He yeah. he just showed how good he is with a wedge in his hands around the greens. He did. He did, and he got up at all bar that one time, and he was probably only. Maybe half a half a rotation or two a rotation less, and it doesn't go in the drink. So it stays on, and he's got a putt for par. Instead, it goes in. He makes double. He loses by oh, he's out of the playoff by one. So yeah, um, yeah, it was it was it was a big big week, um, and yeah, Jordan Spieth won yet again. So um, he won it in a very unjordan like way. He's, he's putting terribly, and um, yeah, he won it with everything but his putter. Thing with this course, though, and I've talked about it before, it's 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 a typical Pete Dye course in terms of it's just you have to shape shots. So it's tee to green. It's all about and and it's because it's not massively long. It's perfect for Jordan, and so tee to green, he was in the top. I think strokes gained. I think he finished fifth. Fifth, I'm not sure. Yep. I'm not the Data Lake man. No, um, I don't have it. Open. I'm just here for entertainment. <laughs> um, so, Tita Green. So, putting is not essential around that course. It's making sure you hit plenty of fairways and in the right spots in the fairways to give yourself the right shot into the greens, and then being able. The greens aren't big, so if you're hitting your irons well, you're going to get a lot of lot of lot of looks. So, so the putter doesn't have to be hot. It just needs to be good, and you just need to not put yourself in the wrong position. Because if you're out of, if you're out of position, like some of the shots are just diabolical, and and if you go look at the leaderboard, essentially more than fifty percent of the leaderboard, it's all about ball striking. It's not about having a hot putter. And then think about Jordan. Like I was thinking about this, and I don't, I don't even. I was trying to think about other tournaments that he's won and there's still like this perception that like you think about the first Masters that he won, right? He kind of just streeted the field. But the reputation that that, that generated has stuck with him and it's the, 
it's it's like there's this perception that where's this Jordan, this dominant Jordan, but he was always in contention, but it looked like he should be missing the cut when he plays all the time. And it looks even more like this now. Like, and if you think about it, like he won last year at Colonial. Has anyone, like it's already hard to win on the PGA Tour with your A game. Has anyone won more tournaments with his B game hmm. than Jordan? That's a, yeah. a solid point. Did anyone, well, uh, how, did, how did Jordan fare in the tipping? Did, did many people or anyone, I can't, no one tipped no Jordan? One had him. No one had Jordan. So, so no one has tipped out of the 60 plus, nearly 70 people that are, and there's some fairly serious tippers in there. Like there's some people doing really well and putting three of us to shame. Um, no not one, only, no not one only did him. no one of the 70 pick him, but the person in 66th position whose name is Spieth Fanatic didn't pick him. So <laughs> there you go. Stiff. So that's that very stiff. That's a, that, it's, it's that a loose, shows it's how a loose much connection. <laughs> it's, a, it's a loose connection. That's how, much, that's how much this action Oh, the, is... the, the pre-shot routine is, I mean, as someone who's still working on his swing, that, it's it's tough to watch. And that one foot putt that he missed on Saturday was a, a meltdown. Well, I was listening to the no laying up guys and I didn't see the Valero and that's the second one he's done in f- yep. three weeks. Yeah, it was terrible. And so if once a year for a brain fade is one thing, doing it twice and he, yeah. and he has form doing this as well. Like there's plenty of, there's probably plenty of, I reckon he's probably got four or five in the last number of years yeah. of those brain fade one foot putts. Well, his strokes game putting, because I've pulled up the data now. So when you're talking about when he won the Masters, because when I think of Jordan Spieth, I think putting. That's his stat, right? So, you know, 2015 through 2017, he's picking up about a shot and a half on the field. Then that disappears through 2018, 2019. Then he gets it back through the 2020. And 2021, 2022, he's PJ to average strokes yeah, game putting. Someone made the point and... and um... I think it was another one of the shows I was listening to, and it's a really good point. And it's one of those things where once 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 you hear it, and you kind of think back to it, then you go, "Oh, yeah, that makes sense." And Jordan's strength is those; it's the eight footers to the fifteen footers. Hmm. So they're the ones that are either for birdie or some crazy par, and yeah. they're the ones that he normally pours in all the time. And it's the ones that are inside six feet where you get nervous and. Remember, he used to do the looking at the hole. Yep, and he doesn't do; he hasn't done that for a while. Yeah, so there's there's lots of things going on with Jordan. And last year, you know, I referred to it as the sticky tape and the duct tape, and everything's tied together. We thought it had been fixed and had been welded and reinforced, and we had to take take some of those things off again. Now, nah, whatever's happened over the summer. Like they've pulled it apart and, you know, they're using, I'm pretty sure they're using like Selly's all seal instead of bolts <laughs> to, to as rivets, yep. right? So it's all loose and yep. it's just, you know, starting to wear and tear a little bit. Yep. And then it's like, oh, shit, we better get the gaffer tape back out again. Has anyone got some rubber bands or some, you know, maybe some hair clips or something? But if you think whatever's about going it, on, it's being held together with just. Exactly. It, it, but if I said to you. Jordan Spieth strokes game putting's out the window. He's he's only PGA Tour average now. 
and and I showed you a video of his pre-shot routine, and I told you he won on the weekend. You'd be like, "What well, on the on the corn ferry tour?" <laughs> it's I, I, I can't believe he won. I still can't. I cannot. I mean, we're talking the winner was thirteen under, so we're not talking like he didn't rip the place apart. But I just shocked. Well, yeah. Well, it, it didn't hurt that he had ten other pe- ten other people that just yeah really couldn't be bothered winning. Yeah. Yep. Because he was already in the clubhouse. Like yeah. I think when he finished, Lowry was on like the twelfth hole. Yeah, he was. So there's yeah, still like so much ago. golf to happen. There's ten other people that had the opportunity, and they went, "Nah, Jordan needs the confidence boost. Let's just let's just suck for the next six <laughs> holes and give it to him and make it a close event." Well, if Lowry pars in from twelve, he wins. Yeah, so, yeah and he went at the double on three, and then couldn't make anything else in the last couple. Yeah, and but- and the thing with. Jordan, I reckon if this was any other course, it wouldn't have happened. It's just that Heritage is not long. Um, It is a shot maker's course, so it's built for him for hitting irons and and hitting them accurately. So it's perfect for him. And then just around the greens as well. So just his wedge game, like that's the other thing. His wedge game is still still good. I would take his his wedge game is just, it's beautiful. Hmm. Um, to round out the tips, though, only one person had Paddy Cantlay, so they got they got second alone, and that was Robo Magic. The I'm glacier. thinking it's Robo Robo Magic. Um, I don't think it's Robo Magic. Could be Robo Magic. Maybe he's a RoboCop fan and likes magic. Maybe I, I, I'm I, don't go, know. I, I go with Robo Magic. Okay, Robo. Yeah, it's better than Robo Magic. Robo. Robo Magic. He. Uh, oh, maybe he's making fun of me. Maybe he thinks he's Robo. Like he's the RoboCop, and I'm just Magic Cop Mike. He's nothing. Maybe he's the maybe he's the better <laughs> version. Magic Mike the Stripper. Mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, he's got 872k in the kick this week, and then there's a truckload of us that had Lowry and Harold Varner the third. I was actually Ginger Ninja was sending me a couple of his um, betting slips this week, and uh, he was in for a very very good week if Neiman could have pinched a top. 10 but he got top 12 mm. so uh it was a it was a solid minwoo collect coming for him um yeah but that was it and in the overalls because i know we like to keep up on the overalls between the three of us anyway uh in third place is rocket it's really tightening up mm. uh he is 36th overall 2.05 million i'm I've got a result. 33rd finally. at 2.353. And Ross is at 2.359. He's got $6,000 on me in 30-second possession, and I'm coming for him. I just Damn kept, you, Shane Lowry, and that ship into the water. I just would have been, been up. I would have been top 10. Look, but my strategy is to go for safety and, you know, to get something that – and I'm, that's all it's given me. You know, like I'm, 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 I'm playing my tips like I play – you know, a PGA Tour player, might, you know, some of them might play for, for safety and mid-pack results and, and to get a check, and that's what I'm getting. You know, I'm getting yep. nothing. You that's know, right. um, I've had a couple of cracks at, you know, like I've had my Cantlay run and he did did nothing, but he got something for me. And I just Glacier. keep getting, you know, just keep getting like Danny Berger, T, T21, minus eight. He's only five shots out of the money, but, uh, you know, it's just not good enough, Danny Berger. Well, we all get the week off this week, so there's no tipping for the, the pairs event, but... Next week we have the Mexico Open, um, starting on the twenty eighth, and then it's Wells Fargo, Byron Nelson, PJ Championship. So a few very big weeks coming up after that. 
So it's a Zurich this week, is it? Zurich this week. Uh, just before we finish up on... Oh. Um, Let's go back to the heritage, yep. Heritage. Two little stories that I know Rocket wants to talk about one of them. One was Morgan Hoffman. Hmm. His first, first uh, tournament back. Just missed. Bogey, he's bogeyed his last, was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's bogeyed the last. He, he uh, On day two, he teed off on 10. So he's fit, the ninth hole is only a short puff, little short puff four, dog leg left. So it's pretty much you just take an iron and smack it up the fairway, hit a wedge on the green, just try and take, make four. And he's, and he's pulled it left and he's pulled it into the trap and he can get up and down. Yeah, that's a bit disappointing. And the other one that I thought was funny, because I actually, as soon as he got called for it, I was like, oh, of course, was Dylan Fratelli hitting the ball out of the Spanish moss. Um, the stra- and, he straddled it. Yeah. But then he, like, as soon as someone called him on it for that you can't do that, you go, yeah, fair play. That Everyone that played golf knows that's that that he's 100% wrong. But he put out a tweet that was like, yeah, golf rules win again. Like, I was like, what are you complaining about the rules for? Like, you, you messed up. Deal with it. So I was a bit, that was a bit of a weird one. No, he's thinking about the money he's lost on that one. Yeah. I, was, I mean, if anyone hasn't seen it, just type in. I mean, I'm sure everyone has, but Dylan Fratelli. Um, yeah. I, that's what he said. Uh, I thought this would be the greatest part of my life. I was assessed a two-stroke penalty for standing astride my intended line of play. During this shot, the rules of the rules of golf remain undefeated. Like sad faces. Like uh, if anyone, if anyone is listening uh, that doesn't know the rules of golf, um, yeah, it might be more social golfer, but has a has a handicap and sometimes has to play by the rules. Well, you can't straddle, uh, basically straddle your line. Same so, as you can't as a putting, you can't yeah. stand like a croquet. Yeah, you even can, though you think my putting strokes like croquet. you can, you can side saddle it, but you can't straddle it. So same with hitting a shot. You can't you can't jimmy it out between your legs. You have to stand to one side or the other. You can reverse the club and hit it left-handed, um, et cetera, but you can't do that. Uh, funnily enough, I was playing uh, golf um, last week uh, with uh, uh, with a young professional, actually. Um, I won't mention his name, but uh, with a young professional, and um, he pegs it up on the 12th. We're trying to play ready golf. He pegs it up and, and pegs it down on the blues. We were playing off the whites and smacks it, and then one of the playing partners goes, what are you playing off the blues for, mate? And he's just like, oh, no. Now, do you know what happens then? I think he gets a penalty and has to replay the shot. Two-shot penalty, two shot penalty and has to replay the shot, yeah. So he had to hit, yeah. it, hit it again and had to assess the two-shot penalty. And if uh, he doesn't, I think it's, a, it's bad news bears. <laughs> If he, uh, if he doesn't replay the shot, there's big problems. Yeah, and it might be. Yeah, I can't. I actually don't know what happens then after that. Um, please, I'm not claiming to be a rules expert here, but um, I did get Blakey on the phone. I did get him uh, on the phone just to to you know called the golf rules questions guy in, and he helped us uh, out just to make sure that we were you know like playing under tournament conditions. Got the rule the the, the Saudi um, Blakey's yeah. going. I think Blakey's going to London to. Yeah, you know, referee in the in the live the next one. Yeah, in the live event over there. Um, June? June, yeah, in June, yeah. So anyway, we called Blakey and Blakey said, "Well, you know, he's got to replay it, and he's got two shots." So that basically put him out of the game for uh, for that hole. Uh, so he wasn't the one that went fifteen. Playing four. <laughs> What's that? Sorry. So he's playing four. Yeah. So hit one, two, three back to the tee, four off the tee. What about um? So he, I said, he wasn't the one that shot fifteen under on the north end. No. He definitely wasn't under uh, young Ben Murphy. Uh, what a round. 
57. 57 off the stick. It, it's, seven, it, it set the. Uh, that's that is fifteen under. Yeah, fifty-seven yeah. off the stick. Uh, it set the golf world alight. You know, there was, I've never seen something shared and, and reposted so many times, which rightly so. It's fifty-seven off the stick. Don't care if it was off the white tees. Um, it's a tough course, and uh, it's the north course. It's an ass kicker. It'll punch you in the mouth. You could be playing from the middle of the fairway. Have the tees put in the middle of the fairway and it'll punch you in the face. Yeah. Did, were, were you playing that day, Ross? No, I didn't play. Were I you was, out there? I was down the course. I just went down to take some photos, and as the yeah. sun was going down, and then I came back, and then, you know, had saw all this was happening and unfolding, and uh, yeah, it's pretty good. I don't know. I, I didn't think it was a. I mean, it wasn't like it was a deathly still perfect day. I mean, it still was a, a normal. It wasn't a tough day for golf, but it wasn't no, a super, super the, easy. No, day. there was there was a breeze and the tees. Yeah. I, I I don't know where the pins or the tees were, but yeah, yeah. You know, you just look at some of the scores. Like he eagled. I think he eagled the three, which um, yeah, yeah, which is pretty. Yeah, you know, that's drive it over the hill. It's a sand wedge in. You know, that's a it's an easy par five. Yeah, but it's still a good tee shot to get it over the hill. Like I've seen plenty of people that, including myself, take driver off that hole and make doubles. It's not hard to make a double on that hole. Correct, mm. but have a look at the finishing stretch if you can find it and oh. and see the finishing stretch. You know, like 15, 16, 17, 18. That is not an easy stretch of holes. Yeah, you know, sixteen a birdie on. So I, I saw a video, um, it was actually quite good, young um, Jack Raz plays in the pennant team down there, you know, just young fellas Instagramming each other. On 15, 15's a par five. Once again, yep. not an easy par five. Oh. Uh, it's like a double dog leg yep. um, with a bunker carry and the green's surrounded by bunkers and it's a tough green. Uh, it's not Depending a, on where the pin is, it's not easy to get to either. Exactly right. Um, so the, the young Ben's already must be seven under or something by this stage. Jack Raz has got the video out watching Ben tee off. <laughs> Ben's teeing off with one of those tees. You know the, the tees that you peg a string into the ground? Like no one uses one except no. certain com- countries and cultures that don't want to lose tees. He's, te- he's playing with one of these tees that you peg into the ground. Now he's a professional golfer and he's playing with one of those. So he's obviously having a laugh. He stripes his drive and then walks off with a funny walk, you know, with a bit of a club twist and then picks his, you know, unlosable tee up and they're just having a bit of fun. The kid's seven under by this stage or eight under. It's um, uh, And they're having fun. That's maybe something is in that, eh? Got to have some fun. Absolutely. But then he, I think he birdies that hole. The birdies the next. Eagles the seventeen, which is once again not a easy par that's, five. That's a hard birdie hole. Yeah. Mm. Um, well, 16, 16, It's not that long. Right? Is a but the thing three. is, though, that green is a diabolical to yeah. hit. Hmm. Depending on where the pin, actually, it doesn't matter where the pin is. It's actually really hard to get to. Then seventeen, like tee shot has to be absolutely mint. Hmm. The second shot even has to be minter. Hmm. Like the and green. then, then it's a big green, and then big, you've got eighteen. Yeah, big green. The seventeen is a yeah. To have a throw on the seventeen is is phenomenal because the green slopes away from the direction of play. You're coming in with a long iron. Like doesn't matter how long you hit it. Like you're coming in with a five iron, six iron at most. Maybe Ben might tell us what he came in with. But with a hook lie. Yeah, with a hook lie. And it's hard to get the ball to stop, and everything feeds to the back. So if the pin's at the back and you can get it to stop before it go, runs off the green on those treacherously fast greens, good luck. you might have a chance. But, yeah, it's exactly, it's good luck. So he's obviously hit it close or drained the putt or whatever, but a three on a par five is good at any stage, whatever the hole. And then to birdie the, birdie the 18th, that, um, phenomenal. It's just phenomenal golf. 
So good, good golf. Uh, so good luck to you, Ben. Uh, I don't know Ben. I know his partner, Chloe, uh, who's also a young um, uh, women professional golfer who's a member of the club. I've played with Chloe before and she's a lovely uh, young lady. So good luck. Well done. Um, I just while, while you're there uh, when we're talking about uh, Peninsula Kingswood members, I just want to wish a couple of others good luck. Uh, two young uh, men are off playing in the um, McKenzie Tour School qualifying uh, this week. Um, young uh, Brody Harbinson and uh, Cameron John. Uh, they're over there in Canada trying to qualify for the McKenzie Tour. So good luck to those two boys. They put a phenomenal amount of work into their golf games. I see them down there a lot. Uh, both absolute specimens of uh, fit young men and they put a lot of work in. So good luck to them and I uh, hope you both do well and uh, get a gig over there. But if not, it's amazing how much uh, input and how much Mackenzie Hughes is already giving back, being uh, named after the tour <laughs> over there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I thought you were going to say, but another the, the last thing the tour needs is another cam from Australia. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's uh, Cameron's own. Well, Cameron John um, it has uh, has performed very well in Australia over the summer and mm. a couple of summers before that. He's a solid, solid young golfer, great young man. As uh, also, I'm um, always fond of uh, Cameron because he's won in Scotland. He won at Gullen and the Scottish Stroke Play um, many years ago, 2016. So his picture is up at uh, one of the most famous golf clubs in Scotland. And um, so good luck, boys. Good luck. Uh, what next? What's next, gents? Well, there's a couple of things still from the heritage before we finish off. Oh, yes. So I don't know if you've heard me sort of dropping the glacier name because Mike referred to Patrick Cantlay and everyone talks about Patty Ice. I watched him and it was so bad. Like he's he's so slow. Mm. And actually, you think about who's playing behind him, Varna and Lowry. I wonder if there's a stat on strokes gained or lost if you're playing behind Patrick Cantlay, because he is glacial pace. Like it's getting really ridiculous, especially on the greens. Like it was he was so slow. Time one where it was like the fourth hole, and he had like a about a fifteen footer. He'd already spent two minutes and hadn't even stood over his ball, and they cut away from him to go play another shot. And they've showed that shot come back, and then he's standing over his ball, like his glacial yeah. pace. I actually it didn't is never, I, I did notice someone playing quite slowly on the weekend, but I don't know if it was him. Yeah, I've never noticed. If you are if. So you think about Lowry and Varner, mm. how many times could they have been waiting yeah. for Cantlay on the greens? And remember what we talked about the other week yeah, yeah, with, with in terms of how certain players ball. played again? I'm, I'm, can't, Glacier Watch is on. On, on Paddy Ice. Glacier. Paddy. And then Glacier the other ice. one, the other one of note, and it's getting a little bit out of, out of hand, is Eric Van Royen. The mo. Now, let's call it a mouth mullet. That's what it is. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that he's seen Cam Smith's success and gone, how can I get in on this <laughs> That's not but great. not copy him? I'm going to go with a mouth mullet. A mouth That's mullet, what it I is at the like moment. That. It's either a mouth mullet or he's like auditioning to be a vaudevillian or something. That'll it's stick. Ridiculous. Mouth, mouth mullet will stick. I've never heard that before. Neither but, have I. Uh, you need uh, to put, that needs to be on a T-shirt. Yeah. Mouth mullet. Uh, I made it up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, what is it? I was thinking Cam Smith, mouth yeah, mullet. Yeah, I like That's it. That's what it is. I like it. But, uh, funnily enough, I'm looking at myself here in this uh, yeah, screen here. 
Um, if you my, get the edges off. Yeah, my mouth mullet's the only bit of red hair that I've, that's remaining. My hey, wife. Hey, point, you've got a moustache. Yeah, I know, but... Uh, ben Royan. Yeah. <laughs> he's probably putting grill cream and all sorts of stuff in there to keep it out of his chompers because there's so much there. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and there's a twist and stuff. Yeah. Like, I reckon in it, the coverage. Give him, a, give, him a, give him a top hat and he's the Monopoly man. <laughs> his missus wants it gone too. So I don't know. We'll see how he goes. It's probably going to end up gone soon enough. It's, uh, it's the only, only bit of red hair that I've got left. Proudly. And, and, and is, does he wear socks? No, well, he wears no. those jodper type things, the short, long, long short. He wears the cuff version of what you had down at Barn Boogle, mate. <laughs> short, I was long, say that. long shorts or short longs. No, he, he wears those jodper type things with the yeah. elasticized bottom uh, yeah, but, uh, and sockets. There's not he, many. he might as well have the padding out the side and put a whip under his arm. <laughs> He's got the mustache for it. Maybe a bit of a pipe out of the side and a little bit of a hat on. Bit of polo yeah. for the day. Oh, jolly old chaps, let's go smack some balls around. Oh, dear. There's, there's not many pros left that don't wear the short socks with the long pants. I think everyone does. Yeah. Um, it's Colin? Sh- it's a shocking Colin, Colin's got the the short socks. Yeah. Bit, you know, yeah. It's a shocking look. It's a shocking look. I remember uh, right. we, we got the drum and golf uh, conference coming up, and I remember once, you know, we dressed up in suits and all that sort of stuff. We don't usually get dressed up in in dress gear, but I, I saw one of the guys at at the, at the awards night dressed up in a suit, and uh, I looked across and I thought he looks all right. Yeah, scrubs up pretty well. And socks. just having to glance down, he had the short socks on with the business shoes, and I was like, mate, you can't do that. You can't. No, it's either you either no, get the you, you get the, the the ballet dancer ones where they're just kind of the socks, but they're below yep. the heel, and you can't see anything because yep. you can't. Like you can't go half. So either you got full socks or no socks. No, uh, if you were, if I was wearing shorts, I get the no, the low sock thing. But oh yeah, that not, makes not sense. With, but yeah, if you're wearing a business pants. suit, like you know, as yeah, I say, definitely. don't trust anyone that doesn't wear socks. Mate, just if you're wearing a business suit, just every part of your dress has to be start with business, and then then you'll be right. You know, business shoes, business socks, even your business undies, yep. mate. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, every fan Ryan is. He's a handy golfer. I don't mind Eric as a golfer. Mm. Like he, he's very solid. Good golfer the minute. He's, solid. he's now in the top ten for the uh, international yeah. team. Yeah, we have to start keeping track of that. Not far away. Well, um, speaking of that, uh, obviously uh, Melbourne was announced um, as a venue for the twenty twenty eight Presidents Cup and the twenty forty uh, and the twenty forty. Um, 2040. It seems like a million years away, uh, but the yeah. Let's focus on the twenty twenty eight. I woke up last. What was it? Last Thursday, Friday, Friday, last Friday morning. Had an email in my inbox going, "You want if you want to come to the press conference to announce that, uh, you, you can come along." I didn't go, um, but I uh, got the, all the info and the photos, and uh, it was great. But the rumours around Peninsula Kingswood, or uh, well, the discussion around it coming to Peninsula Kingswood, are fairly upbeat. Naturally, as it would be as a as a member body with that course. Um, they're pretty confident that they want to have it and the PGA Tour people have been down there and expected the place. So that happened on Thursday. And, uh, you know, you'd have to think that the place was a in, in genuine consideration. Now, I got bombarded by people telling me that don't be silly. Um, that's a joke. Um, of course, why, why would you change from Royal Melbourne when Royal Melbourne has been so um, successful? And, of course, if it doesn't go to Royal Melbourne, it's only going to go to Kingston Heath. Well, I say no. I say, what a great venue to have an event like that. And here's my, here's my justification. Let alone, we'll leave the course to last. But in terms of 
you know, Rocket, you and I were down on the ground. Yeah, let's call it commentating live um, down there on the ground. Yes, podcasting, that was fun. Podcasting live down there at, at, at Royal Melbourne. Sledging Bryson from the tee box. <laughs> Terminal velocity. Um, and there was a there was a lot of people there, right? Yep. And I'm pretty confident, you know, I'm pretty qualified to say that golf's gone cocoa bananas since then in terms of participation. And let's hope by 2028 that it's still that way. Yep. Even so, there'll be a lot of people there, Tiger or not, but, you know, I'm sure Tiger will still be there in some way, shape or form if he can be. Yep. But um, there'll still be a lot of people. And I think that Royal Melbourne was just a little bit overwhelmed with the amount of people on, on that part of the property. Maybe people might want to challenge me on that. The other thing is, um, you know, they've got to span it across the two courses, you know, the, the, the facilities on one side and, you know, not that that creates a, a drama, but, you know, it spreads it out a lot. Um and then getting in in out of there, you know, getting out of there was it took me two two hours to get out Very of there. Very hard. Yeah. So obviously with any big event, you know, you've got this wonderful golf course which is in the middle of suburbia, in the middle of surrounding houses. There's not great transport links, train links, that sort of thing, you know, it's all that sort of stuff. Now, Peninsula Kingswood is perfectly located with you know, you, you see how they run the traffic in these big events, you know, there's one way in, one way out, you come down the freeway go up past the place and go out the other freeway. There's a train Close station. Close to the freeway. Train station a kilometre away. Plenty of run buses. Plenty of room to park all of the players' individual private helicopters. You can choose their own fairway of the 36 holes. It would be magnificent. Plenty of places to put the infrastructure. I think it would be fag- magnificent. And then then the course, you know, people get people asking me, oh, would it be the north or the south? Well, the south, I think, is dedicated like i'm well, not dedicated but set up to be the longer of the course the more tournament oriented courses but i think you know and mike you might have asked you know would it be on a composite i think there might be two at least two versions of a tournament level composite course that exist potentially i don't know that officially but i reckon that there's a unbelievable composite routing or maybe even two of that would host an unbelievable tournament down there that would stand that that course would stand up against anything we have in Australia. Yep. I don't disagree with you. I really don't. I I, I know when we talked about it, it was before we knew that the PGA had been through and I said I'd oh, have to be 100 to 1, but I don't it's not downplaying the course itself because I think the course is absolutely good enough to hold the President's Cup as as a course. I think the tricky part is as much as the infrastructure is there for the stuff that we talked about with transport and bits and pieces like that, for the majority of... <laughs> he's got that different add-on. As much as the transport's there for the train and bits and pieces, it is still a lot further away from Melbourne than the other courses. So that's, the, what for me, that's one of the trickier parts, right? In what way? So say you want to get the train. Yeah. How long does it take to get the train to get there? 45 minutes. There'll be express trains from the city. No problems. It's better than there trying to drive. Express trains. There's 0% chance you're going to have express trains. Well, have you caught a train? No, that, no <laughs> for, for an event like that, no they, way. Would, they would do something. Of course they would. Of course Zero. they would. Well, you no, they would. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm telling you now, you, aren't, you, wouldn't have, you don't get express trains for the footy. You're not getting it for anything. That doesn't. That Melbourne doesn't work that way. I'm not saying it shouldn't, but you won't get it, right? Because we don't. Our infrastructure of the train line heading down there is there is one train line, so you are you cannot pass other trains. You have trains, you have to wait. You you you'll just end up. That is the hardest part for it. If for public transport is it's further away, and for people to stay, 
they're going to want to stay people closer to town and be able to get there. That's the, that is the biggest thing going against it. Outside of the fact that if RM wants it, RM will get it. It's as simple as that. But I, I don't disagree with you. If Royal Melbourne says, look, we've had enough. We're happy to share it around. It's not for us this time around. And it'll have to be in the mix. But for me, the biggest thing that's going to come up against is, yes, the infrastructure is there. But when they look at it for people that are going to travel from overseas or interstate, where are they going to stay and how are they going to get there? Yes, they can get the train, but it's it's it is probably twice as long to get there versus Royal Melbourne. Mate, it hasn't, it hasn't stopped half of the golfers of Australia plus now the ones that are coming from all over the world to get down there and play. It's not no, an no, issue. It's not no, an no, issue. I, I, that's not that's not the same argument. I got no that everything you said again. No, no, People will travel to the national to play golf. It's not about how far it is to play golf. Mm. To actually get up each day, because you've got to remember, people that are coming here to see it, they're going to want to go two or three days, right? And they're going to want to go down there. Now, are, they, are people going to want to get the train for an hour each way every day, three days in a row? No, I don't think they will. I, I actually reckon the people that want to go to that event, they're probably going to be already thinking about, I'm going to rent a place down that way. Absolutely, 100%. People, but then that, that's, that again comes to that infrastructure piece of, if people are going to stay down towards Frankston, as an example, or towards the bay down that way, what's there for them? What else are they doing? Are they mm. just coming in for golf? Are they going to want to go to restaurants? How's this going to work? They're the things that they're going to be thinking about, in my opinion. I'm nobody, right? So I've got, I've got no say. For me, I, it doesn't matter. I think that's the thing that we think about. I went to a little golf tournament a couple of years ago, which you might have heard of, called the Solheim Cup. Now, the Solheim Cup's at Glen Eagles. The Solheim Cup is in the middle of nowhere in Scotland. It's not near Glasgow. It's not near Edinburgh. It's not near any big city that has any of the infrastructure that Melbourne has. There's no train line there. There's no direct route. You've got to drive there. And there was a gazillion people there for five or six days, and it wasn't an issue. But, you know, no. people, people want to go there for an international event. They'll go and they'll turn up. It's, it's a little bit of you, you build you, – it's like you put it there and they'll come. I'm not arguing with anything you either of you are saying, but what I'm saying is the flip side of the coin is, I mean, I did the same. I went to the Open Championship. I stayed in Liverpool. It was 45 minutes up to Birkdale every day. I did it every day and had no qualms about it. Yeah, People will do it. But you, 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 if someone said, you can play, we're going to have the event at Royal Melbourne or we're going to have it at Pinchel at Kingswood, forget courses. The ability to get to stay in the city and get to RM every day is a lot easier than getting the pinch. I reckon that if we, if once you get to it, to get out of to get into and out of RM every day was an was a hassle. It was a hassle. Like it was hard. It took me. I had to go from this term on the Thursday. But where so, are you coming from? No, I was I was there. So I came from from here, yeah. Eliza, and drove up there. That was fairly easy to go away from the city, towards the city and park there. I had a special car park, all that sort of beautiful stuff. But even with my special car park, you know, it was like a half an hour walk from my special car park to the event. And then to get out of there, I had to go to the city. It took me two hours. It took me two hours to drive from Royal Melbourne at the end of the day's play to get out of there with the traffic and the whatever else and to get back to the city. 30, yeah. 30, you know, 20, not even 15 kilometres, 20 kilometres. Just because it's right in the middle of suburbia. Yeah. It's not at the end of two freeways, two adjoining freeways. The one freeway going that way, one freeway going this way. Boom. Circling. And that around. doesn't and that doesn't include the old Nepan on the other side. Anyway. Yeah, 
I feel like I'm arguing again. I'm not arguing. I feel like I'm disagreeing with yep. two blokes that are extremely biased to one of the options. I don't know. I've changed my hat. Yeah, you're you're being very. I'm not biased to either. I don't care. I'll go. I'm going to go. And that's what I'm saying. I don't care. I live in the complete opposite side of town. It doesn't worry me in the slightest. I will go. I'll probably go two days max. And I'd say most people that are from local would go two days max, right? And I would say that if you're coming from interstate or overseas, you're going to want to do more than two days. Mm. But I'd say I'm not agreeing, disagreeing with you about the course. The course can stand up, absolutely no doubt in the world. The infrastructure to get in and out if you're driving is probably easy because the freeways are there. No disagreement. My, my uh, questions are my questions are now is who chooses? Do you know who chooses? Is it the PGA Tour that chooses? Is it the state government that chooses? No, oh, I think it's the PGA Tour. Government. That would be the tour, yeah. Really? So oh. the state government doesn't have a lot of influence over where it should oh, go? Look, they would probably have input, mm-hmm. but I don't think they'll have final say. Right. I would think the biggest thing going in your favour right now for PK is it hasn't been announced where it is. Because if yeah. it was a lay down Mazaire, mm-hmm. they would have already said it's Royal Melbourne and everyone would have gone, of course it is. And And the fact that the team that redesigned PK also holds... Mr. Ogilvy. So Mr. Ogilvy should be, even though he lives off the back of one of the holes at RM and loves that place, there's no doubt that he'll be drawing away inside the ears of the relevant stakeholders that are making decisions. I just think that, I mean, you, you, Rocket, you listen to the no laying up guys, right? The constant conversation is, and Ross, I'm going to, if I can mute you, I would, because you're about to go off your head. The idea of, of this tournament in particular, President's Cup, being bigger is taking it to great golf courses, right? Because people want to see great golf courses. I'm not saying PK is not a great golf course, but globally right now, it's not on the scale of great golf courses. So people around the world want to see Royal Melbourne and they want to see Kingston Eight. That's that's why I think it, that, that they will lean in the favour of playing it at one of those two. <laughs> well... Sorry, uh, for those that, uh, that, that don't watch, that, those that don't watch the YouTube, you know, if if Mike were, if Mike and I were in the same room, we'd be like nearly squaring up, shaking right up, <laughs> we'd be nearly squaring up. Mike would be there saying, "I'm really, it doesn't, none of this worries me." So, PK as a course, if care. that course gets firm and fast as they did for RM, yep, that thing, absolutely. Will not, compete not, on the world stage. Absolutely. And flexes its muscles. 100%. But right now, no one has any clue of that. That's my point. As in, like, if they're talking about pumping up a golf course, say, you're, say you live in Canada and you want to go to the President's Cup for some unknown reason and you're going to go to Australia. Yep, we're holding it at Peninsula Kingswood. They're like, going to have to look that up. And that's not a bad, it's just because it's newer, right? It doesn't have the, that, that legacy, right? Whereas if they go to Royal Melbourne, okay, yeah, I'm in for that. And they, they know straight away. I don't mean this in a bad way. I'm really not talking about depth down about PK. I, I think it's an exceptional place, exceptional course. And for the next time around, I would say there's it, it would probably be a much, much bigger chance just because of the, the time that it will have in the middle. Does that, do you know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to be. Oh, I know what you're saying. To, yeah, to it's, the, it's, the, it's, it's the name, right? Is there's yeah. a. Uh, everyone knows who what Royal Melbourne is, and because it's yeah. tied to Alistair McKenzie, and then yeah. they just go the loop around, right? Yeah. Yep. Easy. It's easy. not saying it's a bad course. At easy all. way. Easy way out. Um, 
you know, no laying up. If you want to, you know, you missed us on uh, Tour Source uh, Australia seven years ago. Um, if you want to come back down, uh, Rock and I are happy to host you around there and, and take you through the ins and outs. Um, I'm sure yes. they'd love that. Yeah. Uh, oh, there's a, I, I'd be surprised if the boys I might make some time to be down here. Andy, Get Maddie Andy, to message the boys. Andy Johnson, um, if you want to come down and, and check it out, uh, you know, Steve Britton, He'll bring you down and come down with Steve and and, we'll, and Rocket and I will take you around, Andy. Uh, no problems at all. And we'll help you put it on the map. For those of you that want to see how good uh, potentially the Kingswood looks and you haven't seen it, well... Go yeah, to YouTube. Go to YouTube. Um, check out my uh, Instagram, uh, ross.flanagan.golf. Uh, it's fairly full of photos of Peninsula Kingswood, which a lot of people comment on and seem to appreciate. And Bar Burgle. Uh, um, well... <laughs> Two great golf courses. One, everyone, great, everyone, great photos. I like seeing great golf courses. I like looking at what other people's. One, you put one up the other day that I said it was a absolute perfect. What was that one? Was that PK? I think it was PK. Yeah, that was the 18th. Uh, that was a drone shot of the 18th green. Uh, yeah. Yeah, in the right light. And, um, yeah, no, it was it was, yeah, it was just a drone shot. And uh, you know, it was just a mug like me flying a drone. So if a mug like me flying a drone, taking a photo of the 18th, can make it look that good, imagine how it looked good that looks in the hands of a great photographer or in real life. There you go. Um, I'm going to leave my PK hat on for the rest of this event and uh, until it's announced. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Mike. I love you, Mike. I don't want to. You're not coming back. Not, You're not coming back. They right? can announce PK Man. tomorrow and I'll be like, yeah, cool, I'm there. I'm still, I'm still going to go. <laughs> Might get the bloody train though. Uh, anyway, yeah. okay. Um, what else? Uh, we've got the women, uh, we've got the LA tour, LET and uh, uh, Australian um, AWPGA Tour co-sanctioned event at Bonville this week. So um, a lot of the uh, women from the LET have come down. They played last week in uh, Thailand at that um, mixed event, the men's and women's event together. Yep. Um, go Team Scotland, uh, headed up by my friend Gabrielle McDonald. She's up there at Bonville. Um, sorry, Gab, I will not be able to get up there to see you, but, um, you know, do do Scotland proud and uh, Laura and uh, some of the other Scots that are there. There's a, there's a contingent of uh, great Scottish girls on the LET that have come down. Keely Marks is up there, another friend of the podcast. She got invited up there by Golf New South Wales to go and play. She's still an amateur, of course, but she's up there playing up and alongside uh, the pros. So great experience for that young lady. Um, go f- Just go yourself, uh, Keely, and you'll do yourself proud and enjoy the experience. And then they move up to uh, Coolangatta um, for the second event up there next week. So, yeah, it's pretty big for women's golf in Australia at the moment. Um, odd places to have it, but Bonville's a great course. Um, it's a bit hard for us to get to, so we're definitely not going to go there. But um, I'm going to go there. You'll, gonna, you'll go there? It's one you'll of the very there. few places like I've never played. I'm going to bon- go. Yeah, well, let's go because I've never played at Bonville either. Um, yeah. Can we fly? I've heard nothing but good things. But it, from Melbourne, we've never had a direct flight. And I believe they've just put direct flights back on. To Coffs Harbour. Yeah. Let's go. So I think, I think uh, maybe next week. Uh, Rocket, have you been? Nope. How far is Coffs from you? Can you fly from Brisbane to Coffs or is it still like a seven-hour drive, yeah? Uh, yeah, it'd be because I think it's like eight and a half to Newcastle. So oh, it'd be no, like seven. No, only about six. No, we'll no Coffs, I think it's about Coffs is four from Newcastle. Um, Coffs is definitely four from Newcastle because you know Newcastle's my hood and Foster's. Oh, t- Foster's, Foster's no, yeah, I think it's, it's four hours. No, it's no, three and a half. It's three and a half I from Newcastle. I just looked it up. It's four hours. No. Rocket, get no. Four you hours from Brisbane. I'll meet, I'll meet you there on Saturday. No. Okay. Well, here's the plan. All right. So, Rocket. Okay. We'll give you six hours because here's here's the because. 
Uh, this is part of the plan. Go on um, Google Maps. To save a bit of investment, Mike, because you know, we've got to fly up there and we'll put some money towards other things, uh, Rocket's going to tow the caravan down and we'll stay in the caravan. No, you lost me. At, bon- at Bonville. Well, you, you, lost, you lost me at Caravan. Mate, we stayed in that place at Bridport and that was as luxurious no. as Rocket's luxury caravan. That was I wasn't booked by me. Normally, my caravanning is a hotel that doesn't have Foxtel. That's about as roughing it as I get. I, I'm not doing the caravan. Rockets caravan has Foxtel. I'm sure. It, I'm sure Rockets. I've seen caravan. Rockets caravan it looks lovely. And it's got perfectly. I'll, sec- I'll stay in the. I'll stay Actually, in no, the accommodation. Yeah, so it is. Oh, it is four hours. That's not too bad. Yeah. I'll see you. Sat- I'll get there. Sat- you can, you can drive sat- down. I don't know. I've done that drive so many times, but the thing is, though, I'm driving it like very long distances over many over a very short period of time i do lose track of how long it is to go from stop to stop because it's like i just need to get to this destination so we can pull over somewhere and go to sleep after 11 hours of driving uh no dp world tour event this week uh they've got the weekend off uh so we won't see no, that they're playing spain oh sorry they're, they're no week no dp world tour last week last that's week who, who cares about that event there's only one event that's there's there's one event that matters this week Greg's Greg's uh, thirty. What's the, what's Greg's event? Is the, the the pairs event in Zoom? no 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 no. It's the LA Open. It is the LA Open. The women's not the, not the LA, LA Open. Oh, sorry, the, the LA Open at Wilshire uh, Country Club. I hadn't uh, gone back to the LPGA tour, so the Lottie Championship was on last. The only weekend. a tournament that matters this week. Really, at an amazing course. Wilshire Wilshire Country Club, right in the dead smack bang middle of Metropolis. Hollywood. Talking about Metropolis from uh, downtown yeah, LA. LA, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, talk to us about Wilshire. What do you know, what do you know about Wilshire? Who did that? Uh, uh, George Thomas design course mm-hmm. in original condition in the middle of nowhere, not very long. And again, it's just a, a ball striker's paradise, just a classic course. And it's just fantastic to see the women play that event and just to see a good classic course being played with a tournament. And the beautiful thing is that the LPGA were able to claim the title of LA Open because effectively it was given up by the men with the um what's the the, the Genesis the, yeah. the Genesis Invitational. The, the Nissan. Yeah the um, old Nissan the LA Nissan Open. Open. Yeah no the LA Open. Yeah so they, they've gone, no we'll we'll bring the name back LA Open just for the women. And oh, I just love this event. Love it. Uh, is it going to be on TV on Foxtel? Yeah it will be. Yep. Yeah it will be. Okay. So, you know, I, I'm usually watching this one more so than the teams event. Although some of the teams that are in this year's one, I kind of wish they would mic some of these groups up because, like, it would be just awesome. Who have we got uh, as the, the key pairings? Probably should have talk, hey, talked about the, this about 55 the, well, minutes ago, but anyway. No, no. So the key, I mean, the, the, the key pairings, Victor's playing with Cole Mor- Morikawa and Xander Shoffley's playing with Patrick Cantlay. So they're probably the t- and then Leash and, and Max Homer, Taylor Gooch. Yeah. Be fun. That, 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 yeah. That'd, be, yeah. that'd be one for the mics. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Mobile um, Harry Higgs is playing with Austin Smotherman, I think. There's another guy. I, I just I don't know what it is. I don't know much about Smotherman, but what I do know is I love his name. Schmotherman. No, that's why I said it. <laughs> Smotherman. <laughs> and who's um, playing with who? Higgs is playing with Smotherman, I think. I think off the top of my head. Mother Sounds mother. like a Simpsons character. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, first year rookie. Um, yeah, no, I don't mind it, this event. I will be having a look. I'll probably steer away from the favourites just because it's a lottery as it is. Um, 
the one that I probably like the most is Neiman and Mito Pereira. Um, I don't mind the Gooch pick. Um, I've really just had a look at how people have played here in years gone by. Jay, Jay Haas and Billy Haas are playing. Are they playing together? Jay Haas is playing. I don't have any data <laughs> of Jay Haas. Oh, my God. Um, the, the PNC is in December, fellas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, the only other one that's that's doing his best work is, um, what's his name? He's picked up Scotty Scheffler this year. He had um, oh Ryan uh, Palmer, yeah, Ryan Palmer. yeah. He had um, John Rahm the other John year. John Rahm for two years he's, in a row. He's, and... he's all over it. He's dropped Rahm Rambo like a hot <laughs> potato. Scheffler, and he's he was number he's, one three in a row. I think it was. I think it was after the first win. After yeah. the first win, I think he's he's hit him up to play in the Zurich. So Ryan Palmer's <laughs> looking for that second two year exemption. That's it. How are he going? That's a that's he's a, he's, he's a grifter. Well, he finishes here. Imagine <laughs> the, the backroom posturing. How, how does he, you know, is he like on the text every day? Or is like, you know, Scotty, are we in? Are we, are we on? Or is, oh, is Scotty, is, is Scotty just said, yeah, whatever. I, I reckon he just, he just, he must, he must think about this. I'm sure he must think about this event <laughs> and try and sort of like have a sort of a, like a, a hit list and kind of just roam around the edges and then just go, who's in form in this year? Bang! I'm going to hit him up. Absolutely, he's got a data. Well, he's got a data lake for the zoo, like my case. Yeah, yeah, he probably he's does. Pulling the data up straight <laughs> away. Who, who's 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 hot rolling into the Zurich? No, it's pretty. And, he's, pretty and, easy data and, and who's going to be a nice guy that I'm going to ask, and they're just going to go, "Yeah, no worries. This will be fun." That, that's it. That's what he would have said yeah. too. Oh, it'd be um, great fun! Oh yeah, no yeah, worries. Yeah. Let's do it. I think but the ones that I'd like. I mean, outside of the, the favourites who are going to be super short. Um, Sam Burns and Billy Horschel, not a bad group. Gooch and Homer. Yep. Neiman and Pereira. Um, I'm disappointed Poulter and Stenson aren't playing together. Poulter's playing with uh, someone. He's playing with um, Bobby Mack. Um, um, Lowry. Lowry. Bobby Mack's playing with someone random as well. Um, but Herbie might have a good week. Who's Herbie's, Herbie's, who's Herbie Herbie's with? He's playing with um, Arjun Artwell. Interesting. I, I, I could see I could see a couple of those guys, you know, the, the guys that have been, you know, around the edges in the last sort of the last few months having weeks that, that aren't, you know, horrendous. Um, I'm trying to think of it there. Yeah, Higgs is playing with some other men. Yeah, it's a very weird week. Ho, Bo Hosler and um, Saeed Thagala, that, that's another one where two guys that have shown a bit of form lately and, you know, they're 80 to 1. But um, no, the, the ones I said at the start are the ones I'd stick with. But yeah, Pereira and uh, Neiman or Gooch and Homer, like you said, Rocket, they're good picks. Actually, the one that's going to get a bit of airtime on the shotgun start will be Jason Day playing with Jason Scrivener. I know. So I just saw Scriv. He's got Scriv over there to play. Unbelievable. Fantastic. The Pirate. <laughs> um, and they are in Spain this week. Spain this week. Um, I've had a very, very quick look at it. Um, again, sticking, staying away from the favourites, I've, I've come up with four names. Marcus Kinnolt, Pablo Larazabal, Adrian, I, I can never say this box. Otegui. 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 Roman Lasang. Uh, so, hold on. Roman. Lasang. Lasang. Q-U-E then. Langask. Langask, sorry. Got my S's and my G's Sorry, around. Sorry, man. I don't, be, I don't be the school teacher here, but that's all right. Euro Tour is your world, not my world. I just look at the numbers. I don't even know who these people are. Okay. 
Um, got a course do- uh, got a course locked away for uh, the uh, Scotland twenty twenty two schedule. I won't be announcing the schedule. Um, not that there really is a, a solid schedule, but there is one locked away. Um, pretty special place. We'll leave that for another time. Until I see it in writing, it's been verbal. It's been verbally communicated and committed. But uh, let's just say I'll be straight off the plane and straight onto somewhere, which is uh, pretty good. Um, Are you not telling us because? Until I see it in writing. He says, my love of golf doesn't know yet and it's somewhere that you're not supposed to be heading to. No, 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 no. no? Uh, it's all right. It's all good. Just it's, uh, in Scot- it's in Scotland? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not in England? Or- no, no, no. It's day one. <laughs> it's like basically the first day. <laughs> Boom, gone. See ya. But that's that. Boom, gone, see ya. First day is okay. But when it's the third, fifth, seventh, eighth, tenth, fifteenth, twelfth, <laughs> yeah, that, that might be an issue. But first day is all right. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, it was good news today. Good news day. More on that later. Uh, Langask, Romain Langask. Langask. Anything else? Uh, what did? When's the Greg Norman show that you want want to watch? Uh, Rocket tomorrow. Tomorrow. tomorrow? Oh, I'll be watching it on delay. Yeah, I watch it on delay too. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Lego Masters with the kids tomorrow from seven thirty <laughs> till nine o'clock. Mm-hmm. I'll be I'll be watching whatever Mrs. Magic Mike says we're watching, and it won't be that. I don't think that's yeah, on the that so list. The Voice? No, it won't be that. Probably be MasterChef or one of those shows. Is MasterChef <laughs> back on? Yeah. Yeah, I don't like that show. Not my, not my, not my dice. Um, we, what about, what are we doing about the cheese? Do I need to tell you? We got to have a random yes. draw for. Have you got the names? No, I, I've haven't worked out how you get names of your YouTube subscribers. Um, okay. I will. I think it is possible, but uh, yep. we've we've cracked 150. Uh, we're now to 151. Don't stop. Because uh, there's another cheese cheese off to 200, so we're giving away cheese at 150, uh, and we'll be giving away more cheese. Um, there's some other things that we'll be giving away. We're working. We want to do a little bit of a survey, and we've been putting you know part of the outcomes of the management meeting that we had down at Barnburgle. If I call it a management meeting, it might be tax effective way of discussing that and having that sort of meeting down there at Barnburgle. Um, if anyone's from the ATO, please don't. Anyway, we'll, we'll delete that. Um, well, we might be doing a bit of a survey uh, just to get some information and uh, just to keep connecting with you all, but uh, more on that later. Um, Rocket, uh, your your background this week uh, is the shark. Um, yeah, the shark from the uh, the Swan Lager ad. Because the WA opens on? Hands up mm. if you drunk a Swan Lager. Is that really it? What's that? Is that why you got it? Because the WA opens on? Swan's no. Western no, 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 no. Oh. This is the actual Swan Lager ad. The old, yeah. you know, go and look it up. Swan no, Lager ad from like 1986. But Swan was made in. The old, in, uh, they uh, said you'd never make it. Yeah. And you finally came through. I thought I thought you had it up because it was made in Perth and it's WAPGA this week. I thought uh, no, you were on really no, it's, cryptic It's because of the Sharks sharks thing this week. Gotcha. This is around about the time. This is when, not, this is 86. So he's effectively wearing the same gear as what he wore. Or in the British Open, they did a really crap job of trying to mock up like a crowd, basically yeah. standing on top of him. The dude who's on the bag isn't even his caddy. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it's just a ripping ad, Swan Lager ad. Was you know, one. this is back when Alan Bond, I think, owned, uh, owned the company. You know, this is that was, had Swan Lager ads based around um, Australia 2 winning, yeah. America's Cup, the Shark. It's awesome. It's oh. like just. Right in my childhood. Of course, drink responsibly. But so you're telling me that's not Isaiah Aoki in the background there? 
No, it's not. No, okay. No, um, he would have been. No, because that, that, that no, that they would be doing a, a that would be pretending that would be Tommy Nakajima. Tommy Nakajima, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why. Sorry, I got the wrong uh, Japanese uh, statesman of golf. Um, yeah, Tommy Nakajima. There you go. And then so yeah, this the thirty for thirty is going to be. Cool. I think it's going to be interesting. Because, what what can we expect? Let's give us the the precursor. What we well, expect? they're talking about obviously the shark in terms of over his life. Mm-hmm. You know, so they're going to expand over. I'm surprised they didn't kind of do a multi-part thing because you could you could pack a lot into this. Um, a lot of it is going to be centered around the '96 Masters, which is tragic in itself. But I'm pretty. I still think what needs to be told is the story of all the others as well. Like there's this, there is a graveyard of golf karma <laughs> that the shark has been on the receiving end of and people i don't think people quite really understand what he went through but as a fan who rode every bump every bump like i rode them all and it's not it was not fun and so they they're diving into a bit of the 96 masters and apparently they filmed some stuff from last year and he was actually back at augusta sort of walking through certain holes and turning points and stuff like that so it's 70 minutes i don't know what it's gonna i don't know how much they're gonna cover and how much they can pack into 70 minutes once we've all watched it we should do a half hour review okay where do i, where do I find it where's it gonna be on it'll be on, on fox still or ko yeah. okay Yep. Okay. Well, we'll do that. Uh, what's today? Tuesday. Might do that. Tuesday. Thursday. Thursday or Friday. Oh no. Whatever. Okay. Very good. Uh, good luck to all the players playing at uh, the WA Open, Kalgoorlie. Uh, that course looks talk about, PGA, yeah. talking about um, talking about good looking courses. That grass looks pre- in the middle of yeah. uh, grass in the middle of a red desert. Yeah, it looks pretty special. Uh, well, good luck. Uh, good luck to Matty Howe, who's across there. Um, uh, representing my love of golf, he's he's wearing the my love of golf hat. He's wearing the my love of golf towel. And uh, what else has he got? Oh, he's got the my love of golf t-shirt. Young Matty Howe is around the corner. He's over there playing in it. Uh, good luck, Matty. Nice. Um, all right. All good. Good. That's all us good. done. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Um, please, uh, we've cracked 151 viewers, uh, viewers, subscribers on the YouTube channel. Um, We'll get some cheese out, a lucky winner from the first 150 subscribers when we work out how to work that out. But please, it'll be even more cheese when we get to uh, 200 and that might coincide with Pete Cheese Week and there might be a special T-shirt or something to, to celebrate Pete Cheese Week. And if you are the 200th uh, or part of that 200, you might win the cheese and the Pete Cheese Week T-shirt. You can see the design on the Instagram if you want to see the Pete Cheese Week design. Um, but thanks for listening. Thanks for following along. Thanks for your support. And, uh, yeah, like, share, subscribe. Do all the wonderful things. And uh, we'll see you next week.